We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day Podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day on this Sunday, uh, NCAA Tournament Sunday, last uh, round of the second, the last day of the second round of the NCAA Tournament. Granted, we're not here for basketball, but uh, if you're like me, I tell time by sports. So this being a big moment in sports right now, the men's tournament underway. Uh, maybe as you're listening to this, maybe you are getting ready to watch the Badger game. Maybe the Badger game is wrapped up already. Hopefully they're moving on to the Sweet 16 for next week. That would be great. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, exciting times in sports and lots to talk about in sports. My name is Nick Schmitz. I'm your host today, joined as always by Mike Wetland. And uh, Mike, lots to talk about today with the Packers. Um just about, what, 12 hours ago? I mean, at the time of recording, it's pretty recent, but I mean, for people listening today, about 12 to 18 hours, give or take, whenever you're listening. Um, two big names back with the Packers. Uh, one was pretty much expected to be back after the Devontae Adams trade. Um, Rasul Douglas back with the Packers on a three-year deal worth $21 million. Uh, that now gives Green Bay three really top-end corners in Jair, Eric Stokes coming into his second year, and now Rasul Douglas, the fan favorite, back again. Uh, like I said, three-year deal, $21 million. And this was pretty much expected after the Devontae Adams trade happened. Um, when it originally arose, you know, people were saying – the reports were that, you know, hey, once Devontae is officially traded, they get that 21-ish million dollars in free cap. That's when Green Bay is going to go to Rasul. And, I mean, three years, 21 million. I guess I don't know the market super well. I mean, that averages out to about $7 million a year, which for someone like Rasul, like that seems like a, a pretty good deal for Green Bay. Um, but what do you think of him signing for three years and, I mean, what does the money mean as far as, you know, is that cheap, expensive for him? What do you think? I think it's 
probably a little bit cheap because cornerbacks are going to get paid, and they get paid a lot as a premium position in the NFL now. And I think with Rasul, he said he was willing to take a little less than the market value, but getting the seven plus million up to maybe twenty five and a half with incentives in total over those three years, I think is good. And you build from you build from within. So keeping him. And he can play outside with Stokes. Jair can play his slot, kind of roam around, do what he does best. Is big. All three guys are playmakers. You have the really sticky coverage guys and Rasul. Can even play some safety if you need it. He can move around. And I think this is a great move. I think Joe Barry is going to be ecstatic. Jerry Gray is over the moon. And this has got to be a one thing where the Packers are going to have one of the best secondaries in football, especially even if they add another one with a, with a day two pick. They're going to be very, very hard to throw on in 2022. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely exciting. Rasul was, you know, I mean, we were sitting here last week, Mike, weren't we, having the discussion of, you know, if you could only keep Rasul or Devondre Campbell, who would you take? And we all had different opinions. Now, granted, um, it sounds like Rasul Douglas being back with the Packers is kind of a hand-in-hand with Devontae Adams no longer being here, which when we were originally having the conversation, uh, I think we were all having that conversation under the guise of having Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on offense. Um, and then, you know, so not able to keep everyone, um, but, you know, being able to have Rasul Douglas and Devontae Campbell both back under contract um, you talk about, you know, that's a stout secondary now. You're looking at Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, uh, Jair Alexander, and then Adrian Amos, who, you know, he what restructured his contract to get the Packers under the cap, stay with us. Um, and then Darnell Savage, if he continues to just progress and play as well as he's been playing, um, that's five guys right there in your secondary that um, are, you know, top-end players. So, Good day for the Packers secondary, good day for the Packers defense. Um, and uh, the other guy now on the other side of the ball, um, you know, again, Devontae Adams leaving leaves a big hole on offense to fill. Probably one that Green Bay will struggle to completely fill for the season. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but um, in looking for weapons for Aaron Rodgers, you got to go out and get some. And... Green Bay bringing back Robert Tunyon on a one-year deal. And as of the time of recording, uh, Mike, we haven't seen how much or what that one-year contract looks like. Uh, we just know that right now he's back for, for at least next year. And, you know, he was great before he got injured, unfortunately, tore his ACL in that Arizona game. Aaron Rodgers really seems to like him, so and that tight end room is not what I mean. It's not bad, but it's not nobody's 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 picking up the phone, calling Green Bay, saying, "Hey, you know, who of your tight ends are available for trade?" Uh, so I mean, Robert Tunyon being back, good for Aaron Rodgers, good for that tight end room, and you know, hopefully, hopefully it pays off for him. But I mean. What do you make of Tanyan being back? I mean, are you a little surprised it's only a year? I'm assuming it's probably a one-year prove-it deal coming off the injury would be my guess. But, I mean, are you surprised it's only a one-year deal? Well, I'm not. I, I'm expe- I was expecting a one-year deal, prove-it contract. I'm expecting that for another guy we'll talk about in a little bit, too. With the cap expected to go up over the next couple of years, I'm expecting there's going to be a lot of one-year deals, a lot of guys trying to prove themselves and show what they can do. Uh, Tunyon, if he can come back around the beginning of October, maybe late September, 
is ideal for the recovery from that injury. I mean, ACLs are no joke, especially for a skill position. He's going to have to do a lot of cutting and lateral movements. But you're right, Rodgers loved throwing to him. He's a good safety end. He's got great hands. And now you don't have to rely on Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, and Dominic Daphne, who are all solid players. And I, I'm still a big fan of DeGuara. I think he can be a really good tight end. But he's still a year out from ACL surgery as well, from his rookie year. So there's a lot to go through there. But I think getting Tunyon back gets a reliable target, a known commodity for Aaron Rodgers, who he's going to trust in big moments. And with, with the pass catcher room in flux, you need those types of guys going forward. And I guess one one last comment. Uh, if everyone go read Devontae Adams' Instagram statement as well, and he said goodbye. Uh, it was uh, classy, kind of generic, but still very classy. Uh, go give that a read. But also with Rasul Douglas, remember, he was a Packer for less than three months last year, and he was at five interceptions and two touchdowns. Give him a year to learn the playbook and learn Joe Barry's scheme. He could be a turnover machine. Yeah, I would I would say so, and... I mean, you know, one of those things, this is this is the interesting conversation that, you know, I know everybody was bummed. You would mentioned, you know, Devontae Adams' um, Instagram story. Again, uh, if you can, go go find it, go read it. It was it was very classy. Um, you know, Mike and I were talking beforehand, you know, kind of said all the things you would expect him to say, um, but it's still a good read. It's, you know, it's going to take you about a minute to read from – from what I read of it, so it's it's very good. But, you know, I know a lot of people are worried about the offense, but, I mean, you think the flip side now, I mean, you know, with the way this team is built, like, like I, w- I was telling my wife the other day, you know, I know everybody's freaking out about Devontae being gone, and we can talk about that forever of, you know, why he left, you know, what have you, but... At the end of the day, my personal belief is, like, if this team is going to win a Super Bowl, as great as Devontae Adams is, like, they're going to win and compete because of Aaron. Like, he is still the key piece to the offense because quarterback's the most important position on, on in, in the NFL. And if you have a good quarterback, you know, and so many people pointed out, what, Aaron Rodgers is, what, 7-0 and without Devontae Adams? And I saw some, somewhere that he's averaging, like, 300 yards and three touchdowns in games that Devontae Adams doesn't play in. Now, I mean, can you replace Devontae? Most likely not. I mean, you're not going to replace him with one player, maybe not even two, maybe not even three. But with the way this defense is built now, especially especially with Devontae Campbell back, uh, Rasul Douglas being back, I mean, Mike, we're kind of looking at a defense that if it plays well, like – it's not on Aaron Rodgers and the offense to score 35 points a game to win. You know, I mean, you look at how they played in that playoff game. I mean, they didn't give up a single offensive touchdown and, you know, would have won that game if not for special teams blunders. And so, I mean, this still is an Aaron Rodgers-led team, but it, it feels like, at least to me, Mike, and you can weigh in on this, but it feels like to me this is now more of a defensive team with just a star of Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback and him just doing enough, <clears throat> excuse me, do, you know, doing his part and not having to make every play to win the game. And this defense is going to step up, as he said, what three years ago in Matt, Matt Lafleur's first game. Hey, we got a defense, and it feels like it's only gotten better since then. Well, it has, and you you need a good defense to win a championship to balance out. The Packers will still be an offensive team. 
There's still going to be a Matt LaFleur coach team. He's an offensive guy. You still have the back-to-back MVP, the four-time MVP at quarterback. You still got a very good run, rushing attack between two very good runners, two probably top 20 running backs. You got a good, talented offensive line when all is healthy. But they're going to balance it out with a talented defense. You got Kenny Clark, in, an all pro level defensive lineman. You got two very good edge rushers, including one who's an emerging superstar in Rashawn Gary. You got an all pro middle linebacker. You got three good corners, including one of the t- top three in the league. You got two good safeties. The, the, the ability is there to be a championship team with what they have. They need to get a few weapons, yes. They need to draft well. They need to allocate their money well. But they are in a very good spot, and I think they're building forward well here. And uh, a couple, a quick news update as well. As we're recording this, uh, was released. I know a lot of people have been trying to get Robert Woods to maybe come to Green Bay via trade. The Rams are shopping him. He has been traded to the Tennessee Titans. So Robert Woods is going from Matt Stafford to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, good luck with that. But I, th- I think the Packers are doing a lot of right things. And yes, losing Devontae Adams sucks. It hurts because he was a he is in my opinion the fourth best receiver in Green Bay Packers history, behind only Sterling Sharp, James Lofton, and the goat Don Hudson. But getting that money free, getting the two, extra two top sixty picks is big. So they can keep a lot of this team together and keep the talent that it gelled so well. We'll bring it in some more ancillary pieces, whether it's a, a receiver, whether it's another offensive lineman, defensive lineman, whatever, is only going to help in the long run. Absolutely. Well, let's take a look at some of these other uh, unrestricted free agents that Green Bay still has. The next one that it kind of feels like uh, might be happening, or at least Green Bay is going to be going after, um, before Devontae Adams was traded, it seemed like a done deal that MVS was gone. Uh, he was going to be out of Green Bay's price range with uh, with the trade down, Devontae. Um, receivers become a major need for the Packers, and with some extra cap space, um, you know, it sounds like they're talking with MBS, and who knows, Mike, maybe by the time this gets released tomorrow, maybe there's a deal done with him, uh, but the Packers are talking with him. Do you expect to see MBS back uh, this this coming season with the Packers? I know he's the big thing everybody points at with him is he is definitely the speed guy that's been on the team. His presence was missed when he was injured just in not being able to stretch the field, but, uh, you know, do you think Green Bay gets a deal done with him now that Devontae has been traded? I do. Uh, I thought they are going to keep one of MVS or EQ because both those guys are also extremely fast. Uh, EQ in Chicago going down with Luke Getzey, so that eliminates that. I think MVS is one of those guys who's going to take a one-year proven contract. Last year we were all expecting big things, a contract year for him. He was going to be this big play guy. He's going to have 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns and make all these crazy plays, but he got hurt. And those in, a lot of injuries he got were those lingering ones that really affect your speed, affect your ability to get downfield, which is his big skill set. So he's a prime candidate for a one-year deal, whether it's probably five to seven million, prove it contract, show up, show out as a clear number two guy on this team with, with him and Lazard, like two A, two B, and whoever they bring in to be the number one, whether it's a Randall Cobb, Julio Jones, whatever. But let MVS be that guy one year, prove himself, and then cash in next year, where, again, as the cap expected to start rising, we're getting more and more past the pandemic era of of sports. 
he can cash in big time next year if he shows up without Devontae Adams opposite him and prove that he is more than just that speed guy. Yeah, well, he's definitely somebody that everybody's going to be keeping on their radar, uh, just given the fact that Green Bay right now needs receivers. He's a prime candidate to come back. So um, a couple others here. Um, Kevin King, now, because there's two corners that are the un- on the unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, we know that the starting three right now, Eric Stokes, Jair, and Rasul Douglas, now that he's back. I mean, I know everybody loves to hate on Kevin King, uh, but, I mean, I guess I personally don't. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong, and, you know, obviously let me know what you think, Mike, but I don't see a world in where Kevin King and Chandon Sullivan are both back on this roster. Uh, but, I mean, you know, Kevin King to me has always been a player that when he's on his game and playing well and healthy, he's really good. And when he's not, he's really bad. And I feel like the problem that I've seen with Kevin King over the years is we get a lot of the not-so-great. But, like, I feel like the talent is there. We just don't see it a whole lot. So, Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, you know, do you see one, either, neither back? Where do you think Green Bay is going with these two guys? Support for the Pack-A-Day podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off in free worldwide shipping with code Packaday at manscaped.com. Friends, Inside this package, you're going to find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And let me tell you a bit more about this Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, sort of important, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code Packaday at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code Packaday. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think I think they're going to talk to both of them, and whichever one's cheaper, they'll probably bring back. Now that they got Rosillo back, they they have their top three, 
Uh, both guys played in the slot last year. Uh, Kevin King played a little bit of that dime linebacker. I thought he was pretty solid at it when he played that more in the box. And I know the talk about him is he's always hurt, he's always hurt. He is, but he, that dude is also tough as nails. You can say what you want about fragility. When he is out there, he is throwing his body around, whether it's with good tackling form or not. He is sticking his nose in there. He is trying to make hits. He is taking punishment. He is not afraid of contact. So, like, I, I understand, like, he's maybe fragile or whatever, but the guy is tough. The guy is a gamer. And Amber, he also had five interceptions his, his a couple years ago as well. He was a big-time playmaker. And he's a guy where I think, yes, he gets a lot of hate because his last name is not Watt. And I'm moving on past that. It's over. Move on. It's done. But with Kevin King, if he's your fourth corner and he plays some special teams, he plays some of that dime linebacker spot instead of Henry Black, who was, who was let go. I'm good with that. I think if you can bring him back for two, three million, I'm for it. I mean, it'd be it'd be cheaper on the cap to bring him back than let that void year that he's got from last year go. So I think I I mean I can expect him back. I think he'll be back for pretty cheap. I think that probably means the end of Shannon Sullivan, which sucks, but he'll find a spot somewhere. He's a good enough corner. He'll find a spot on a team that needs a guy in the slot. And I mean, and you, and you even never know. If if he comes cheap or if he's one of those guys where he's still out there late into May or June, maybe they bring him back for depth and they keep some of these corners around because he can play special teams too. And he, he's, he's a decent tackler. He's also made some plays. But I think between the two, Kevin King's probably the most likely to come back. All right. Well, and then... Um Let's talk the last two defensive players here. Um, one, I guess, I, I, you're going to have to tell me where we would go with this, uh, Mike, because Whitney Merciless was a guy that they brought in. He was supposed to, you know, bring some depth and um, an ability to, to the pass rushing game, which, you know, it felt like he did, but he, you know, what he only played a handful of games before he got hurt. He came back for the playoff game, and he – not that he didn't make an impact, but I don't remember him having a sack in that game. That doesn't mean that he can't play. But, I mean, where does Green Bay stand with Whitney Merciless? Like, it feels like he is somebody that everybody would like to see back because he's got that that uh, rush potential. He's got good skill there, and it would give you depth behind Gary and Preston Smith, which is nice because – Gary and Smith are probably definitely your starters, but as we saw last year with all the injuries they had, I think it was the Vikings game where they only had Preston Smith really as a pass rusher, and uh, things really fell off in that game uh, in Minnesota. But Whitney Merciless, I mean, it, it, again, it was a big name that they brought in last year. I guess it, some of it's going to depend on how much it cost them, but do you think Green Bay is seriously considering bringing him back? 100%. I think they're. I think it's a, another guy where it's a very good chance he's back. It won't cost much. He can probably be a little over a million, maybe two. He and he did play well last year. He showed a little bit more juice than he did his final couple years in Houston when he finally got away from whatever the Texans are at this point, the the Davis Mills led group. But and yeah, he didn't have the greatest performance when he came back. But he was playing with one arm. He tore his bicep. Like that's a pretty significant injury. He's, he's shown that he has been a very good pass rusher. He's been a very underrated pass rusher for a lot of years in this league. No one talked about him as much in Houston as they should have because of who he was around. He had J.J. Watt there. He had Javian Clowney, who was getting all of the highlights and the, and the name recognition. Merciless was better than Clowney in Houston. And 
I don't think it was close. He's a very productive player. He's a guy, if he's your third rusher at this point in his career, you take that 10 times out of 10. I think you draft one high, you keep bring back Merciless, and you then you can rotate the four to keep Gary and Smith fresh. And then imagine the third down lineup of Kenny Clark with Preston Smith and with his hand down. Then you have Gary on the edge, Merciless on an edge. Maybe another first-round guy coming through, Chris Barnes or Campbell Blitzing. Maybe a slot blitz. Like There's so many options from bringing back extra depth on the edge. And Merciless, with his skill set that's not the same as Gary or Preston's, is, is I think could be a huge part of that. He is so much more of a finesse technique rusher than those guys that it would balance things out. Well, yeah, he's definitely a guy that, you know, everybody feels like he's got something left to offer. And like you, like you said, that, you know, coming back for that playoff game, yes, playing with one arm, uh, I think people were more surprised that he played in that game or at least was available and suited up than people were that Zadarius Smith was back for, for that game. So, yeah, that's a, definitely a big injury. And if you can get him for cheap, I mean, and, and not that, you know, he hasn't earned, you know, a paycheck, but – you know, the cheaper you can get some of these guys, build up that defense, give yourself some depth, uh, you know, especially at that pass rushing position would definitely be huge. And then finally, Tyra Lancaster, um, you know, still out there. Do you expect Green Bay to, you know, I guess it's probably going to come down to what they can do with some of these other guys. But um, where does Tyra Lancaster kind of fit in with all of this? You know, is he kind of a top priority? Is he somebody that, you know, maybe if they can't get some of these other guys, they'll bring back? Where do they sit with Tyler Lancaster? Well, we also, we can also talk very big about Dennis Kelly afterwards as well. Uh, with Lancaster, he's not going to, he's not a priority. He can wait a little bit. He's not a guy who, if he gets scooped up, wish him the best and move on. But if it gets toward June, July, toward training camp, then you look at it for a vet minimum, non-guaranteed contract. I'm expecting them to draft a big guy, maybe bring in another big guy who's a little bit more productive. They're going to trust T.J. Slayton to make a big jump. Lancaster does the same thing, just not quite as well. He He's a bottom-of-the-roster guy. He's a rotational guy. Don't ever put him on field goal block again. And, I mean, for a vet minimum deal, fine, as long as there's no guaranteed money. But if he's not a guy who is going to be a must-sign in March or April. Or even May. You can you can wait till June or July to bring him back. All right, and then yes, the, I I missed Dennis Kelly in here. He's the last one. So um, the uh, what Bakhtiari lookalike, correct? Pretty much, yeah. The the mirror image, just a lot taller. Yeah. Well, now that they've let Billy Turner go, I mean, where does where does Dennis Kelly seem to fit in with this with this Packers team? I mean. You can never have enough offensive line depth. Um, but, I mean, did he show you enough last year in the times that he filled in that he would be, you know, worthy of Green Bay going after and bringing him back? And what does that look like? I mean, I assume it's probably not a, a huge contract of any sort, is it? No, it's not a big contract. It wasn't much last year either. And if you take away that San Francisco game where he's matched up on both of the entire game, which, honestly, every tackle is going to have problems with, I thought he was played really well. When he came in, I was at that Bears game when Turner got hurt and he came in, and they didn't miss a beat. He played really well, and he just built off of that. I think he's a guy where I think you've got to have a veteran back, until, especially until Elton Jenkins is healthy and good to go. Uh, I, I like Yash, but I think right now he still might be better as a swing tackle. I'm not sure he is going to be an NFL right tackle. He might be more of a left tackle only guy. 
So Kelly, I think, makes sense. He knows the offense. He played well. He's been a starter in this league before. And, again, guys you can trust are valuable. So I, I think they might bring him back. It shouldn't cost a lot. If it's cheap enough, I'm all for it. All right, well, that that would get us through all of the unrestricted free agents that are left. So Green Bay is still going to be active over the next coming weeks, I would presume. Uh, the next one, you know, being whether it's NVS or another wide receiver, you probably expect to see them, you know, go out and sign somebody. Now that uh, Devontae Adams has been traded, their wide receiver room is pretty thin. What is Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, and what, uh, Malik Taylor? Is that their wide receiver room right now? Yeah, Lazard, Cobb, uh, Taylor, Rogers, and I guess like Jawan Winfrey and some of the practice squad guys. Okay, yeah, sure. It's, it's, it, it, there's some work to be done, and I'm hoping for George Pickens. George Pickens, all right. And then do you think – so, I mean, I, I, I'm seeing this up here. Uh, oh, where was it? It was a it was a trade proposal. Do you think Green Bay makes any trades for wide receivers before the start of the season? Well, maybe some guys have been getting for cheap. Like, Woods just went for a sixth-round pick uh, from L.A. to the Titans, but he's coming off an ACL. Packers already have enough of those guys coming off knee injuries. They don't probably need another one. But I've I, been hearing there's a trade for DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or Keenan Allen or whatever. I don't see it, uh, if only because it's going to cost a lot for those guys, and Metcalf especially is going to need another contract after this year. And I'm, I just I don't know. I think they're, if they may, it might be a training camp type trade. Uh, if a guy's struggling in camp, maybe they'll make a move there, like, like a Russell Gage, um, maybe – maybe someone from Philly or whatever, but I, I don't see it happening until training camp. It'd be more likely free agency or the draft. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, the one thing I will say is that, you know, I mean, are, are we at the point where Green Bay has to take wide receiver high in this draft? I mean, they got, what, four picks in the top 60 or something like that? I, I think there will be at least one. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to bet out of the first round because – this is such an interesting class. I think it's the first two rounds are going to be very good. Like, I just I did a mock the night of the Devontae Adams trade from the Draft Network's sim, and I took an edge rusher and defensive lineman with, my first, with the first two, the two first-rounders. I took Devontae Wyatt and and then uh, I think Boyamafe from Minnesota with my two picks, and then I took Pitt George Pickens from Georgia, who was my big draft crush in the second round, and then I took another guy in the third. So I think you could do like maybe a second or a third with some really talented guys who have all the tool set and maybe need some refinement, and you can work with it. But I don't think first round has to happen, but it definitely has to happen on by the end of day two. They need at least one weapon, preferably two, whether it's two receivers, a receiver, a tight end, whatever. Day, day two has to have at least something. Yeah, because it's one of those things that, you know, if you're going to make a trade for somebody – you maybe want to do it before the draft since you have – I mean, now, granted, you don't have to use necessarily this year's draft capital, but, I mean, you know, this would be the year that if you wanted to send, you know, two second-round picks, you have both of them. Um, you know, so I, I feel like if they haven't made a whole lot of moves by the draft, you would want to see something come from the draft. So it, it'll be interesting, you know, at this point, I, I've seen enough from Brian Gutekunst that I trust him. 
you know, we, we may not understand or even like everything that he does, but I trust him. I feel like he, know, I know, he knows what he's doing. And somebody had put up on Twitter the other day, and I don't remember them all, but they put up every first and second round pick that he has taken since he has been the GM of the Packers. And I think Josh Jackson was the only one that was like a bust. Everyone else is either still playing and playing at a very high level, or I know Josh Myers was on the list who, you know, hard to judge him after his, you know, rookie season, but looks very good and promising so far. But so that being said, Brian Gutekunst in the top 60, four picks could be four really stud players. So, um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. We'll be covering it right here on Game On right here. Um, Mike, let's wrap things up here real quick. People want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How can they do that? So you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Wetland. It is all one word. Uh, I'm a little, it's kind of a slow period for broadcasting with high school basketball now wrapping up as we're recording this for the state tournament in Wisconsin. But baseball and softball will be going in a couple of weeks. Uh, you can find my work at ZaleskiSports.com. You can also follow us at Packaday Podcast on all social media as well and wherever your podcasts are found. We have such a great contributor as well. I know we're working on doing more Twitter spaces stuff for Packers Talk going forward. We may move the day around on that, so stay tuned on social media for that. Again, that is at Packaday Podcast. All right, and then um, Gage not with us today. His grandparents are visiting uh, him this weekend, so he decided to take the weekend off. We totally get that. Hope you had a good time, Gage, with your grandparents. Um, he should be back with us next week. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, again, you can do that uh, at producer Nick LB. Uh, but uh, like I said, as I keep saying every time on here, I'm not super active on Twitter, so not a whole lot there. But if you're looking for the, the biggest thing that if you really want to follow me on Twitter for is for Jacob Westendorf and my wife to troll me on Twitter. That's pretty much why most people follow me, but they just go follow those two instead and just follow the trolling that way. So, uh, well, with that being said, Mike, thanks so much for the conversation today. Uh, it's Sunday. Watch tournament games. Oh, let's hope Bucky can get into the, the round of, uh, of 16, the Sweet 16. So, Playing Iowa State, 11 seed, you know, if you're not a Badger fan, I apologize, but huge Badger fan here. I couldn't stand to watch them potentially lose to toothpaste on Friday night, so glad they were able to well, beat Colgate. So well, as we're recording, uh, we're watching the very final 30 seconds of an 11 seed, maybe pulling off an upset with Michigan right now, so. Oh, gosh. And I have such mixed feelings on that because I'd like to root for the Big Ten in the tournament. I'd like to see him do well, but I don't know. After what happened earlier this year with Michigan, I don't know how much I can root for them to win. Everybody else maybe, but not not so much Michigan. So, Well, with that being said, Mike, again, thank you for the conversation. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As Mike said, you can follow all of the work that we're doing here at Packaday Podcast on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast. Make, make sure you're liking and subscribing to the podcast wherever you're getting your podcasts from. And uh, keep it tuned right here. We'll be keeping you up to date on everything the Packers are doing between now and the draft. And then, obviously, we will be covering everything with the draft as well. So with that being said, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And as always, Go Pack Go!